0: Our Father and our God, this morning, this afternoon, we pronounce in the name of Jesus that everyone sitting here on the sound of my voice, oh God, that we want to receive that blessing on today. We're blessed right now because we receive it in the name of Jesus. And because we're blessed, oh God, Whatever we were dealing with in 2010, we're going to leave it there. Because, God, you have turned it around. You are in the process of turning it around in 2011. Now, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength and you're my redeemer. In Jesus' name, let everyone say Amen. What a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. What a blessing to be able to be here and to share with you out of God's word. Thank you. Praise team. Thank you for all that you're doing today. Jeff, it's good to see you. I see you have your lovely wife with you today, and it's always a blessing to have Jeff Jefferson around. He's a great guy. Jeff Jefferson. Just think of the name. He's a great guy. Jeff, thank you to have you here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thanks. I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Acts. We're still there. We're in God's word. If it was not in God's word, it does not deserve to be heard. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. Thank you, Sister Sandra, for sharing, reading with us verses 1 through 10. I want to pick up in verse uh, 12. We're going to be sharing today all the way probably to verse 24 but I want you just to hear one verse and I want to leave it there. And that is Acts chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name. You don't hear me. Because you'd be shouting right now if you heard that. For there is no, none other name under heaven Among men. Whereby we must be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. I want to talk for just a few moments on the Christ centered ministry and minister. On the Christ centered ministry and minister a minister. 2011, I know that many of you all have already begun to think about what you're going to do and what you're not going to do in 2011. You have some resolutions and you've resolved that you're going to do better this year. A little something differently than you did last year. But you've got to understand that in this process, for you to move forward and to do better, you have to have a Christ-centered life. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need a Christ-centered life. Ministry is understanding. Watch this, because I want you to catch every piece of this. Ministry is understanding when people... You could, that people around you um, oftentimes don't come through. Some of you are still looking at me strange, so let me say it another way. Ministry is understanding when people you count on don't come through. One of the most solemn moments in ministry is coming to the realization that not everybody is going to be in your corner. I'm going somewhere because I want you to catch where God is leading you right now. So pull up your chair and listen to what God has to say. There are people in your life in 2011, they will not see the direction That God is trying to lead you. And there are some people in your life who want you to stay in 2010. Because in 2010. They can still walk over you. In 2010 they can still hover over you. And so they don't want you to get to 2011 because God has got a blessing for you in 2011. One of the toughest lessons I had to learn is that not everybody is going to get on the train with us. And those who get on the train with you, some of those will get off the train. One of the first lessons I had to learn in ministry when I when I first started ministry as a young preacher, I I had to learn at one of my first churches. I had to learn that uh, as it relates to leadership, uh, for some people, leadership is keeping score. Well, I did this for you, Pastor. So I need you to. There are some people who want to keep you in 2010 because they know that God has got a blessing for you in 2011 and so one of the ways that they keep you in 2010 is because they've kept score of what they did for you in 2010 so now you owe me in 2011 And that's a problem. For the Bible says, oh, no man. You have to be careful who you indebt yourself to. There are some people in your lives, in your life, that you have to be willing to walk away from in 2011 if you want to understand that God is going to take you to a brand new place. And that's difficult. Let me talk to you. That's very difficult because, you know, oftentimes uh, uh, we feel safe in 2010. There are providers. So we feel safe. And so we stay at a certain level. We stay where we where we are academically or intellectually or spiritually or socially we stay there because we're afraid that if we move forward, we're going to lose them in 2010. But 2010 is in the past. And what God wants you to do is have a powerful and awesome 2011. But you can't get there because you still focus on those issues and challenges in the past. God says let those go and, and, and move forward. Trust that what I want to do is bring the best out of you. That's why you need to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm a 10. You need to say that with more confidence. You're not at 2011 yet. Because if you were in 2011, you would say, I'm a 10. And that's right. Because what happens is there are some people who want to sabotage you so bad, your self-esteem, that they want to crush you and keep you in 2010. But what God wants to do is God wants to take you to a brand new level. When was the last time you lost sleep? I bet if I were to go around this room, most of the situations or situations that we are in has to do with a relationship with somebody who you would put all your stock in and somewhere along the line they damaged you and now you cannot move forward because you're still focused on the past. And so you're here in 2011 but you're tied to 2010 because you're tired and you can't get no sleep. So all last night, you were tossing and turning. Because somewhere along the line, you have not let go of 2010, knowing that God wants to bless you in 2011. And so you're restless and and you're tired. Because somewhere along the line, that person left you holding the bag. And now you're alone. And no one wants to be alone in 2011. But I want to encourage you that sometimes you need to stand alone. There are some experiences that that, that you're going to deal with in life in 2011 where you're going to have to stand all by yourself. And there's nothing wrong with standing by yourself. There are some situations where you've got to stand up And believe that God is working things out in your behalf. But you know how we are. Misery loves company. So if I'm alone in 2011, I'm fearful. So I've got to crawl back to 2010. Because I'm fearful of what God wants to do in my life. I want to declare to you today that God wants to bring the very best out of you. Them dreams you've been writing down, Pastor Drummond, he's going to grant them in 2011. Those ideas, Jeff, that you've been toiling with and writing down, God's going to open up those doors for you. That ministry, that situation that you have, God will give you that promotion on your job that health situation that you're dealing with, you're wondering how you're going to make it through. God will show up and show out. But you've got to trust God. Let go of what took place and trust him for what he's going to do today. Understand in ministry that you will have people who will work against you It is a fact that if you lead or if you're involved in ministry, there will always be someone who's against you. That's a fact. So if you think life is going to be smooth sailing, void of any bumps and everyone, you're going to have to have everyone's approval to move forward, you're going to be stuck. And it took me a long time, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, to learn that. Because before I wanted to move forward in ministry, I wanted to have consensus. But When was the last time that God operated in a democratic process? He is Theo. That means God. That means he operates in a theocracy. God says it. And it was. He spoke it. And it came to life. He breathed his breath into dust, into dirt, and it became a living soul. And so we've got to understand that that, that God wants to work in our behalf. There'll be people who will be against you. There is no leader, no minister, no ministry. No one who has gone through life and had no opposition. Look, the knife of life is dealt to all of us. It depends upon how we grab it, by the blade or by the handle. Things that make you go, hmm. You have to decide on the river, on the bank. You have to decide. You have to realize that that in ministry, there will be times that you will have to stand alone. As a leader, there will be times when nobody else is going to stand with you, but God will. There will be times in your life where you will feel discouraged, and you will wonder if anyone else is around but God is. That's why the Bible says in our text, as you pull up to our text, notice if you please, Peter and John. Evidently had a vital connection with Jesus Christ. How do I know? The Bible tells us in its context that Peter and John, listen to this, at the hour of prayer in chapter three, had gone up to worship the almighty God. Now, listen, they were penniless, but they were not powerless. And consequently, they came across a lame man a lame from his mother's womb, the Bible tells us, and they didn't have any silver, but they did have a Savior. Somebody ought to say amen. They did not have any gold, but they had a God. And consequently, they offered him such as I have. I may be by myself, but I have God with me. They said we have no silver, we have no gold, but we do have the name. The Bible says in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And immediately, according to Luke, the physician records that that his ankle bones were straightened. Come on now. They were strengthened. And and consequently, Peter and John, listen to me, were thrown back in jail. They were denied due process. They were victims of injustice. The next morning we meet them in chapter 4. That's what we talked about. And the Bible tells us they're by themselves. They're alone. They're in front of the Sanhedrin. Those are the elders of the day. They gather to indict Peter and John, but, but somehow they turn that court hearing into a pulpit. And he declares that Jesus, the crucified Christ, is risen from the dead. And by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, this lame man stands before you. Well, evidently, they wonder because they are checking out these two individuals. And they are wondering, how how, how do we explain this powerful phenomenon? How do we explain this momentous movement, this gospel genius? They are standing before us boldly and brightly. It appears that they were standing alone. But here they are telling us about theology. They have not been approved to a a, a religious establishment. There was something creative about them. Listen to me. They're speaking with boldness and and brilliance. I'm talking about where they are now in 2011. And they marvel and recognize that these are the two brothers who had been kicking it with Jesus. You see, they realize that if they were going to move forward in 2011, they had to be connected with the Christ. And when you are connected... With Jesus Christ, watch this now, he radically redeems you and then he redefines you so that your brilliance and your boldness and your blessings cannot be explained with your background. Well, Peter and John came back and said, how do you explain? How do you explain in this situation? Just check us out. B.C., before Calvary and A.R., after the resurrection. You see, before Calvary, we were cowards. But after the resurrection, we were courageous. Before Calvary, we were fearful. But after the resurrection, we were fearless. You see, before Calvary, uh, we were unsure of ourselves. We had low self-esteem. But after the resurrection, we were bold and powerful. How do you explain the difference that took place? Well, I tell you, they were connected To Jesus Christ. They were hooked up with heaven's hero. Jesus says, if you want to be powerful, if you want to make a difference, if you want to have an impact in 2011, he says, I am uh, what you need. Because I have uh, what you need. Because you have to understand that I am... uh, what you need. Uh, If you're hungry, uh, he says, I'm the bread of life. Uh, If you're blind, uh, I'm the light of the world. If you're lost, uh, I'm the way out of no way. If you're blind, come on, I'm the light of the world. If you're lost, I'm the way out of no way. He says, if you're weak um, and weary, you can come unto me. I am the root um, and offspring of David. Um, I am the bright um, and morning star. I am that which I am. Never mind your handicap. Pay no attention to your disadvantage. Rise up. And walk. He says, if your health is bad, walk anyhow. You'll get stronger while you walk. Uh, if you have a lack of help in your schools, he says, Walk anyway. You get wiser while you walk. If you have no money, come on. No money. He says, get up uh, and walk anyway. I'll give you more than what you need. He says, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He says, you can be rich in faith, um, rich in love, rich in service, rich in joy, rich in creativity. Rise up, stand up, look up, get up, rise up and walk. In other words, when you hook up with Jesus Christ in 2011, he will help you overcome the disadvantages in your life. Somebody ought to say amen. That's what the text says. He says he'll turn it around. And around, and around, and around, and around, and around, and around, and around. When you hook up with heaven's hero, he'll turn your situation around. In other words, when God has his hands on your life, when God has his hands on your life, no other hand can hold you back. Oh, boy, you're missing this thing. God's man and God's woman is indestructible in God's hand until God is finished with him. You see, the Bible says that all of a sudden Peter and John are in jail. But the gospel spreads anyhow. You've got to understand, my brothers and sisters, keep up your work. Let your aim be steady as a star. Let the world brawl. You may be assaulted, wronged. Insulted, wounded, and rejected. You may be abused by force, forsaken by friends, and despised by man. But see to it with steadfast determination, unfaltering zeal, that that you pursue the greatest purpose of your life and the objective of your being until at last you can say that I have finished the work. That God has called me to do. And if you do what God has called you to do. He'll give you joy. On your journey. It may get lonely sometimes. But God will give you new strength. You may not hear the applause of the masses always. But every now and then. He'll let you hear the angels sing. And in the steel of the night. When you begin to think about your troubles, you will hear God say, don't worry. Don't fret. I still have this world in my hands. I'm still in control. Why? I'm always with you. I declare if you trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. There's always someone to share and someone to carry all your troubles to. He will come down from the sky and wipe your tears from your eyes. He's your friend and he cares for you. Yes, yes, yes. I do understand that this journey's, journey is a tedious one. I do understand that, that we have to deal with the trials and tribulations of life. I do understand that the road gets rough, and it's going gets tough. It gets lonely sometimes, and and you wonder, why should I go on? Can I go on? How am I going to make it? People don't seem to care. People are always complaining. Folks are always struggling. Why should I go on? Why should I keep on moving forward when folks keep turning their backs on me? When folks continue to spit on me and walk all over me and talk about me? Why should I continue? But the Bible says if you've been born again, you can't give up. For the Bible says that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Sometimes we feel discouraged and think my work's in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. And when I get to heaven and I stand before my God, when I stand before my heavenly Father's throne, I think I will know what I will ask him. God's going to ask me, did you do, Pastor Richardson, what I asked you to do? Did you stand when no one else wanted to stand with you? Did you be the husband that God has called you to be to your wife? Were you the father for your children? Did you do what I asked you to do? And I want to be able to say with every breath, That's in my body. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I've done what you've asked me to do. I've done what you've asked me to do. In 2011, I want to ask you, are you going to be able to say, God, I've done what you've asked me to do? I've heard your voice. And God, I'm doing what you want me to do. That's my prayer. That's my encouragement for you on this day. That no matter what you go through, no matter the trials or tribulations, you've got to do what God has asked you to do. You've got to follow God's word. And you've got to trust him. Every step. The way because when it's all over, soon and very soon, when it's all over, I shall wear that crown. When it's all over, I'm gonna take that crown and put it at the feet of Jesus and say, Worthy. slain from the foundations of the world yes God yes God yes I've done what you've told me to do will you stand with me and join me as we pray together but I don't want you to forget the message ladies and gentlemen what will you say when you have that opportunity to face your master, what will you say? Have you done everything that God has called you to do? Let us pray. Our Father and our God, I want to thank you first and foremost for your love and I want to thank you for this wonderful, wonderful day and wonderful Sabbath. This, this wonderful beginnings of a new year. I pray, oh God, that you will bless us like you've never blessed us before. Everyone here under the sound of my voice, I pray, oh God, that you will give them what they need. And then, Lord, I pray that when you shall come in the clouds of glory, please save us. It is our desire. To go home, to live with you forevermore. In Jesus' name, that everyone say, Amen.